Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. On today's show, we've got a fun episode again for you. Uh, the episode earlier in the week kind of went through the tiers of the Big Ten, which I think was a lot of fun. I think you guys will really enjoy that. And then today, we're going to continue our trend of doing the news of the day, and then we're going to get into some NFL draft stuff. NFL draft season is upon us. Next week's episodes will be kind of fully focused on that. We're going to have Owen Reese. Uh, to talk his draft expertise on that and get into uh, our, our player profiles, things like that, as we get closer and closer to some real live uh, sports action in the NFL draft. So we'll have him on next week, possibly both days, uh, to go over some stuff for the NFL draft. But today we're going to get stuff kicked off with our basically our favorite memories of this NFL draft class because there are some big names that have played a lot of football for Wisconsin in, in Jonathan Taylor and in Quintus Cephas, Zach Bond, those guys. So we're going to kind of go through our favorite memories of that uh, and, and just kind of talk through to kind of start new talking points of football now that NFL draft season is coming up. So it'll be a lot of fun, uh, exciting, kind of nostalgic to look back at these guys as they enter the next phase of their career. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Ready to talk a little uh, NFL draft memories. I think there's a lot of fun stuff there. And then obviously the Badgers got a new commitment, which is also very exciting. Yes, that one is uh, what we'll lead off with today on our news of the day, uh, and that's 2021 running back Antoine Roberts. Uh, he's a Tennessee native, joins the 2021 class that right now coming together as, as a really loaded class, currently sitting as a top five class in the nation. Yes, top five in the nation means with, with Clemson and Ohio State and all the big boys, and of course that'll change, but right now, uh, projection-wise, this class is, is looking like it's going to be the best ever uh, for Wisconsin. He's, he's the, another running back out of Henderson, Tennessee, um, a, a solid three-star kid, pretty physical. But what did you make of uh, Antoine and his highlight tape and, of course, his commitment as he heads into his senior year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I was I know that the Badgers have been very high on him. He was kind of one of their top-of-the-board prospects for running backs. Um, you know, I think he's got some good offer lists, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Louisville, Memphis, Missouri, Vanderbilt. So a lot of the, the nearby schools in that region um, who have seen him in person really liked him. Um, you know, I know he was also getting looked at by Tennessee and Notre Dame. So he, he's a he's a talented kid. Uh, you know, that's 6'2", 190 pounds. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit of a strider. Um, but I, I think he definitely will add something to the room. He's he's quick, you know, He but like I said, he runs taller more of a strider than, than somebody who's extremely um, going to blow you out the gym with his with his speed. So I'm really excited about the commitment. I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how things shift now with with where some of the other 2021 kids are going to be projected to come in at. Um, you know, whether that be that Jackson Acker is um, potentially shifting to a different position or whether Will Crawford um, might be looking at a different position or kind of how um, the deck might shuffle based off of his addition. And I know he was one of their top-of-the-board guys. 
Yeah, that's what I was kind of kind of be my next question. You know, if you look at the 2021 class stacked, um, you know, a really solid class overall right now, but it is the third running back of the class with Jackson Aker and Loyal Crawford both being verbal commitments right now. So that that isn't usually the case. You're usually not bringing in three running backs in a class. You know, I know Wisconsin turns out a lot of running backs, but that's usually not a number that you see all that often for one position. So I. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's anything to read into there, but it sounds like there's definitely a a fluid situation with with one of the commitments because it's just not not the norm to be bringing in uh, at a position like that, you know, three spots. So I'm interested to see kind of where that goes and, and if there's any changes, but it's definitely something to look out for. Yeah, I mean, I I think the most logical uh, explanation is that um a guy like um Jackson Acker who is who's come brought in more as a jumbo athlete, um not necessarily a pure tailback um, would be probably they're looking at, hey, we can probably bring in this really talented running back and have um, Jackson Acker shift to a different position, um, such as fullback. You know, I, I think he's a guy who could really bring some athleticism to that fullback position, um, but also linebacker. I mean, he's got good size. So I, I think it's it's definitely one of those things where they're looking to try to get the best talented guys they can on on their board into the class. And and Antoine Roberts is obviously one of those guys in their eyes, and they also are going to just have to make that do for a guy like Jackson Acker because he can play so many different positions. He might get a crack first at running back, but I, I think all, all three of those guys are players that you could have lend their help in other positions as well if need be. So I think Badgers are just trying to bring in as, as much as they can, especially when you consider that the Badgers – haven't taken two running backs in a in a recruiting class in a while here, um, at least two scholarship guys. So it, it makes a lot of sense where a lot of teams will do that sprinkled in every other year or so. Yep. I mean, Jackson Acker right now is you know, 6'1", 210, well size-wise uh, to, to play other positions and be adaptable. So I, I think that's a very likely scenario. And, uh, of course, we don't have any you know insider info or anything like that. It's just kind of uh, what you look at, you know, the writing on the wall and, and just kind of piece stuff together. But kind of getting back to uh, the, the Roberts commitment, like you mentioned, a strong kid, got good breakaway speed with that length. So uh, definitely one to, to pay attention to. And Badger fans, if you haven't seen his highlight tape uh, already, make sure to go check that out because uh, he, he is extremely talented. I think you bring something a little different than the prototypical running back you see with Wisconsin that are usually you know well-filled out guys, maybe a, a little shorter, stockier uh, versus, you know, Roberts is more of, like you said, a, a stride guy, bust away, you know, get get downhill and, and really turn the speed on. So I think he brings something a little different that Wisconsin fans maybe don't see as much as the, the prototypical running back that you see at UW. Yeah, I mean, he, you watch him run, and the way he runs, I'm not going to say in terms of the talent level, is is, but the way he runs is similar to like Melvin Gordon, where he was taller, really kind of gets those legs out and gets in runs, kind of like a gazelle almost. So um, it it will help him to be able to, you know, Melvin ran like a four or five, so he didn't even run as fast as Jonathan Taylor did, but it looked like he was running a hell of a lot faster because of the way he ran and the, in the violent, where he, violent way he strided uh, when he was running. Most definitely. It would be one to uh, pay attention to as this class uh, you know, kind of starts to keep forming. A huge commitment for the Badgers. Anytime you're landing a running back, 
it's, it's something that Wisconsin fans will take note of, and I think uh, Roberts will be a, a very talented player as he comes in and, and helps fill out that 2021 class that looks so strong. All right, well, let's get into our next topic, and it is, you know, we're, we're talking a lot of NFL draft today, and uh, this kind of spurs off of that, and that's the recent news with Zach Vaughn. Um, of course, it came out, I believe it came out yesterday was the first uh, time it started to trickle out, uh, but essentially Zach Vaughn's sample test for the combine uh, came back positive for diluted. It didn't come back as a, a positive test for for any banned substance or thing like that. It, it just came back that his test was essentially more diluted than, than than a normal sample, and essentially that gets almost a red flag put up because there's there's more dilution in his sample than than other ones. I, I don't want to pretend to uh, be a urinalysis expert by any means, but <laughs> I know Zach. You know when from his comments, it says it was part of you know a training. Uh, he was very surprised by it. But what do you make of of all this you know, news that's kind of come out around Zach Vaughn and his uh, urine test? Yeah, I mean, the dude must be drinking hella water at this point, uh, I would assume. But, um, you know, he's, he came out and he's doing everything he can to, to show, hey, this is just this was just me drinking a lot of water, being prepared for the combine. Uh, he also wanted his weight to be a little bit higher, so you know, water is an easy way to do that. Um, so I, I think it'll be fine. I don't think that's going to change anybody's perspective on taking him. Um, I, I think the, the more funny part was just that a lot of people were – spelling his name wrong. Uh, I thought that was just absolutely hilarious because everybody was, you know, the Twitter police came out in droves to let him know that it was with a K instead, or everybody know that it was a K instead of an an H. So, um, but I I think in the grand scheme of things, it it really doesn't matter for his draft profile or for his stock, but it's it's definitely something that, you know, you don't want to have, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be killer for him. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, a lot of the reports that, that came out with this kind of alluded that they, they didn't think it would affect his stock too much. They, the NFL draft experts still kind of see him as a late first-round pick. And, and, and actually, I found it interesting that Adam Schefter tweeted out, essentially, uh, testing positive for a diluted sample at the Combine. It, it doesn't count as a strike against him uh, now under this new CBA agreement that they came to. Uh, but at the old one, it, it would have affected him a little bit more and kind of counted as a strike. So that's that's certainly a positive for, for Bond that he's not going to have to deal with uh, essentially a cloud or a first strike as he enters his NFL career. And, and that CBA agreement really kind of helped bail that situation out. Now, I'm, I'm a type of guy who's he's being honest. He's coming out doing everything he needs to do, and, and thankfully it won't affect him, which is a positive news because you want to start out on the right foot in, in the NFL draft because you see how much some of these draft experts and, and guys working for teams grill you about every single question. So to get out on the right foot is, is always a positive sign, and thankfully for Zach, uh, that'll happen for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's a great guy, and I, I think he'll be he'll be fine wherever he lands, whether that's in the first, second, third, for example, round. Most definitely, whoever goes after him is going to get a, a very talented player, and we're excited to kind of get into his little uh, you know draft previews as we come up this next week and, and see where he goes. I'm I'm excited to see what his future holds because he's really been a guy that skyrocketed and had a great 2019 season, and now is is looking like a high round draft pick for sure. Um, but anything else you want to touch on news-wise? Otherwise, we'll get into our draft class memories. Let's talk some draft stuff. All right, guys. So today on our episode, we're going to go through 
we're, we're kicking off NFL draft season. Next week we'll be fully in depth with you know the, the the player scouting, the the round projection with Owen. He's an expert in that. He does a great job. If you don't follow him all over, already, make sure to go check his profile out because he, he does a lot of player profiles over at Bucky's fifth quarter. We've had a a profile for every player that will be coming out either this week or, or next week, depending on uh, the day of the week. But uh, he'll be on to get really in-depth for that. But for this episode, we're, we're just going to kind of go through it and kind of put a final cap on, on these guys' career at Wisconsin, go through our, our favorite memories that we have of each player. Because this class, when you look at it, you know, Biotish and Taylor and, and Bond and Cephas and, and Chris Thor, Jason Erdman, it, it's a stacked class that has put together a lot of great memories a lot of memorable plays, things like that. So we're just going to kind of go through and, and see what we think of each player and kind of reminisce on, on some good times. But let's start with, with Jason Erdman because I think uh, I, I went with him first. We, we kind of cut it off. There are other draft-eligible players, but uh, we decided to, to go with Erdman uh, to start and then and work our way up to those guys. And I wasn't sure if anything – any certain play stuck out, and then I was watching some highlights from uh, looking for Jonathan Taylor's, and, and one really jumped out to me. So what did you have as, as your kind of favorite memory for, for Jason Erdman? Well, first off, in, just in practice, when the offensive line runs out to um, in, into practice and they're all just yelling and, and everything, that's always fun. And he was, he was one of the biggest guys, if not the biggest guy, uh, routinely in those. Um, but I, I think the hippo package, you know, just seeing him – run out there and and lining up as a jumbo fullback slash pseudo tight end was was just a, a thing of beauty to watch uh, him just road grade in front of Jonathan Taylor. So I would definitely say the hippo package will be my lasting memory of seeing, you know, 6'7", 6'6", 330, I'm guessing it's more than that pounds, of uh, Jason Erdman clearing the way in the hippo package. Yeah, it's hard to beat that one. That was what I had written down to he – it was just such a unique thing that you only see at Wisconsin, and he was kind of the focal point of that one. So it's hard to pick out any others. Uh, that one is just so obvious in, in my eyes. He's had a couple other uh, really great games and, and, and some great blocks and great plays. I think to that Michigan run, um, for Jonathan Taylor had that like 70, 75-yard run. He had a nice block in that that kind of – sprung that play so I, I really liked that one too but it's hard to beat you're really only going to see something like the hippo package at Wisconsin and that's why for me if you're picking one lasting memory of a guy that that I think has to be the one because that's so unique to Wisconsin and, and Wisconsin offensive linemen that a package like that you know, you're actually going to see that you know on a football field in in 2020 because not a lot of programs would be willing to work up something like that. Let's go to uh, our next one is, is maybe a little bit harder, and, and that's his line mate on the offensive line, uh, Tyler Biotish, a player that has has been a very, not underrated Badger because he's he's been a huge part of the last three seasons, but I think as the center, as kind of the, the captain of the offensive line, recognizing stuff and opening holes for Jonathan Taylor's these past three seasons, I don't know if he gets enough credit um, for for how great his career really was, and, and there's a lot of lasting memories for me of Biotis, and and I think he'll be a really solid player at the next level. But what really stood out to to you as we get into uh, the, our second offensive lineman of this draft class? Yeah, I mean, just I, I think I think back on when he was younger. Um, you know, you know, as a Amherst kid came in as a defensive lineman, at, you know, only like six foot three, um, but he came in. 
worked his tail off as a redshirt freshman, put himself in a position to to start right away as as that redshirt freshman or as a redshirt freshman. Um, and and you know I think he just burst on the scenes, earned that um, freshman All American honors on a, from a couple different people um, in different sites, and then obviously Remington Award winner. As a, as a junior here. So I just think the way he came out and was able to play right away would be my lasting memory of, of him because he, he kind of came out of nowhere and nobody was talking about him as a guy to, to look out for when he came into the recruiting class as a defensive lineman and all of a sudden they transitioned him to center and uh, the rest was history. He was a starter right away. Yeah, starter right away, uh, a great three-year starter. And, and it's not like he he wasn't part of a, a solid running game. He was one of one of the best running games of the last three seasons, year in and year out, opening holes for what I think is the best running back in the country in Jonathan Taylor. So there's a lot of of memories that that really stick out for him. You know, I was looking at at his for one specific play, and uh, to me it was at Purdue in uh, two seasons ago this year was at home two seasons ago that 47 to 44 thriller back and forth and that first play in the second half where where JT busted a I think it was probably like 80 yards busted a a long run to start the second half Biotish's block on that one was was one that I it stuck out to me right away I was watching some highlight tapes and I was like oh my god the the gap that that he opened up you could you could drive a truck through, and JT went on to get uh, untouched because he got another solid block from Kendrick Pryor downfield. To me, that one stood out because it was just it just showed how powerful the Wisconsin offensive line can be when you're opening holes that a, a literal truck could drive through, and and Jonathan Taylor's going 80 yards untouched. That usually comes back to incredible blocking, and Biotish kind of had one of the blocks that, that really set that one up, and it was just a thing of beauty in it. If you're looking for a definition of what was, makes Wisconsin football special, I think that play really stuck out as one that shows you just what Wisconsin can do when they've got a, a talented center opening holes and they've got a talented running back coming behind them. All right, let's hop over to JT. That was the next one that I want to do. I'm trying to do offense and defense together. and uh, Tyler Biotis certainly opened up holes. Uh, for for Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor made plenty of plays for himself, and there's a lot of solid memories for uh, a player that has done so much for the for for the Badgers. Um, I, I think uh, you could you could argue either way on whether he's the best running back of all time. Of course, there's a lot of uh, likely candidates at UW, but he's certainly in that conversation. So, what is your your lasting memory of Jonathan Taylor? Because there are plenty to choose from. You know, I, I think, like you said, there's so many different ones. That initial game against Fort Atlantic where he really burst onto the scene, I think, was another one one that jumped out to me. Um, but I'll say the, the game that you actually talked about was that Purdue game where Jonathan Taylor just ran wild and completely carried the team. Um, you know, Jack Cohn was, was still kind of getting his feet wet within um, the starting role at that point, and he made some nice catches late in the game, but you really look at it, and Jonathan Taylor had, you know, 33 carries, over 320 yards in those three touchdowns in the triple overtime game, and it just felt like they were just handing the ball in those overtimes, and it was just like, go eat, man, and he just, he willed the team to win. It was such a cool game. Um, you know, it was snowing, um, and the Badgers were wearing those all whites. It was it was a really cool game, and uh, I thought that was just the game that he just absolutely showed everybody, hey, this is this is my team, and I'm going to make sure we don't lose this game. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. That was the one I had written down as well. That game was was you know you think of Melvin Gordon, you think of the 408 game uh, against Nebraska, you think of Jonathan Taylor. I think you think of this game because not only was he just dominating, he seemed to get the ball on every play and be carrying it for 10 yards. Uh, 320 yards, three touchdowns, and then that walk-off touchdown to win it was was pretty incredible. And he just, it was one of those games where you know the season wasn't going well. They they probably shouldn't have won that game, uh, but Jonathan Taylor just kind of willed it and, and put the team on his back. And it was just a special performance from a guy that has had so many strong, you know, strong years, strong runs. There there's so many to pick from, but I think that game. If you're picking one that that really stood out, it's it's hard to beat that one because anytime you're running for 300 plus yards as a running back is is pretty special. So I had that one. I also wrote down um, the Florida Atlantic game as well. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that to me kind of kind of sparked the oh oh man, this kid is is really something special. You know, it was an early game and in the season, and then you, you didn't really know and expect Jonathan Taylor to be that. We had seen kind of some highlights from, from spring practice and, and all that. But I don't think anybody expected to to see that much from Jonathan Taylor early on. And all of a sudden, he just burst onto the scene and, and was dominating players. And I think that one really stood out. And there's there's a couple other runs, I think, to the Michigan game this year, that special run that we already kind of talked about. Um, he had a couple huge runs in the Ohio State championship game this year. But that one ended uh, in a negative way, so it's hard to – knocked that one up as the as the top one but for me that Purdue game has to be the lasting memory of Jonathan Taylor in my eyes yeah I mean it was just he he was such a such a freak and just his ability to to carve through defenses and keep his balance um and break tackles but I, I think you could pick any sort of game you know the the Big Ten championship where he busted that huge run right away uh against Ohio State that was that was the thing of beauty where he split the the seam after uh, Tyler Biotish and um, Logan Bruss threw huge blocks for him but I think there's I think that Purdue game where he just elevated his game and, and took over was was uh, still the tops for me yeah it's hard to beat that one in, in that performance because every every Wisconsin running back kind of has that game that that really stands out, and I think you you got to look to that one for for JT as uh, the game that that really cemented himself as a great running back at Wisconsin. Uh, anytime you're putting up stats like that, it's hard to beat. And there's there's so many other great runs and, and great performances from him, but that one really just seems to stick out. Um, let's move to our next offensive player and our. Our, our receiver that battled through a lot to start the season, but then made a lot of lasting memories in, in that short amount of time that he came back. Of course, Quintus Cephas, before his injury and uh, everything that went on, was a very talented player, and there are some memories from that in, in his initial seasons. But this year, he, he really made the most of his season and then, of course, made that leap to the NFL draft. And I, I think there's a couple plays that stick out, but... What was your favorite memory of Quintus Cephas, uh, whether it be his whole career or just this past season? Yeah, I think I'm going to just focus on this season for him. But I, I thought just the career high where he, he dropped those two touchdowns on Central Michigan, I thought that that was great. You you had seen glimpses of what he could do against South Florida. You remembered how good he was prior to injuring his his leg against Indiana, um, you know, his sophomore year. But the way he just kind of exploded that game um, and just took over, had those two deep ball catches where he had that pretty one where it was 
right over his shoulder, almost like a um, Willie Mays type catch. It he was so talented, and uh, I, I think that Central Michigan game just gets my vote because he just played so phenomenal in that game and and just was able to make some some huge plays. Yeah, he was. That was, you know, that early season, you know, kind of bursting back onto the scene was, was really special for Quintez Cephas. I think it showed us all that he, he fully planned on being a top target for the Badgers in, in that season. And in, in those early games, he, he really showed that and, and came out strong despite not having a lot of practice to begin the season. So I thought that was pretty special. Um, the other one that stands out to me uh, on top of those two was the Minnesota game. Not necessarily uh, a huge game for Cephas, but that one big play, the uh, you know about the 50-yard line, the deep ball from Cone uh, to Cephas in the snow, kind of flipped that game on in the Badgers' favor. It was kind of going back and forth, and then they kind of busted that play, which which really opened things up for Wisconsin. So that one stood out to me just because it was a a big play, uh, a huge play. I remember where I was uh, when it happened. I was actually I, I jumped up in my living room and and my I had socks on and slipped. Uh, and, and hit the deck because I was so excited. So that one for me was uh, was an obvious uh, stick out in my mind. That was a huge play. But I also think back to um, you know that great catch to end the second half against Ohio State. He had a couple plays in the Rose Bowl that were that were good. But again, those games ended poorly. So I didn't want to have that as my lasting memories. But he he was an incredible player that, that put together a lot of athletic catches. And I think I'm um, speaking for a lot of Badger fans that we were really thankful to be able to see that. You know side of, of Cephas again in this final season for him. Yeah, and, you know, best of luck to him after everything that he's kind of gone through and everything that happened at UW, whether it be injuries, off the field, everything. It's it's just, it was a crazy um, off-the-field show for him, but he, he definitely delivered when he was on the field. Yes, he did. And, and I think of even that Oregon one, uh, the play where I, I think it was he was ruled out of bounds, but that catch in general just to make it look even closer was a special one. So there was a lot of big plays for Cephas, and I think he's going to be uh, sorely missed as we go into next season, and we wish him the best of luck. I'd, I'd still love to see him uh, in the green and gold if we can make that happen. I, I know there were some people that, that doubted his combine and speed like that, but I, I still think he's one of the most talented and athletic players in the draft, so I'm excited to see what he does at the next level. Let's flip it over to the defensive side of the football. Again, we've already talked about this guy a little bit, um, but he's he's battled. He had a, a tough career for Wisconsin, battled through injuries, but made the most of his last couple seasons with Wisconsin, and now is is skyrocketing up draft boards to a possible first or second round pick. So, what was your your lasting memory of Zach Bond, who who put together a really special season was, uh, as a Wisconsin kid? Yeah, I mean, another guy who kind of has endured injuries um, during his time, missing missing an entire year, basically. Uh, but, you know, when he was young, that Ohio State game kind of jumps out. He, he played well in that game. Um, but then I think for me it was, you know, you looked at last year when he was getting his groove back after the injury. Um, he didn't do quite as much as what you'd hoped, but you had seen flashes in practice and you had heard, hey, he, he's going to be um, the guy this year. And then right away in that first game this year in South Florida, I was down there in Tampa and just to see him um, break around the edge and get that, that strip that ended up with, into – Henningson's hands that he ended up running in for a touchdown. Uh, that was that was he. I mean, he was shot out of a cannon around that left tackle. That dude didn't have a shot, and and he uh, 
he immediately knocked it out and got the touchdown with with that. I think that's the one that'll pop out to me just because it was seriously like he was shot out of a cannon and it was right away in that place just went silent other than Badger fans going crazy. Um, the dude in front of me who was a South Florida fan didn't know what hit him. It was it was very cool to see. Yeah, that was a that was a great memory for him. I think he he put together a lot of great great games, especially this past season. Um, you know, I think to that early game. I also think to the the Minnesota game. He had a really really solid game overall in terms of the stat sheet. But for me, uh, my favorite memory was was that Michigan game. He was he was kind of unstoppable against uh, an offensive line that you know coming into that game was was getting a lot of credit. Michigan came in very highly ranked and. They didn't seem to have an answer for Zach Bond. I know it was late in the game after the Badgers were essentially up. I think it was 35-8 at that point, but that forced fumble sack uh, was really solid and, and kind of I think to that Michigan game as such a, a turner uh, of the season. I know everyone coming into that game was a little nervous. Michigan highly rated, but then Wisconsin just coming out and, and opening up and dominating that game really set up, I think, a special season in a lot of ways. So for me, that one really stood out as, as a memory for him because he played so well and seemed to be seemed to be unstoppable uh, against an uh, offensive line and an experienced quarterback that, that should have had better answers for him, but they just didn't. All right, our final player on the draft board is a guy that has, has had a long lineage of uh, Wisconsin football, both in his family and himself, a player that has never – Never shied away from from some smack talk between rivals and in other games like that, and that's Chris Orr. Uh, I think uh, a fan favorite overall, uh, a really solid player that uh, Wisconsin fans are going to look back on with a lot of fond memories. But what stood out to you in, in terms of the career for Chris Orr? Yeah, I mean, just resiliency, man. The the way he kind of came back from that injury, um, and and then he, you know, he toned down for his senior year and, and really got back to business. Kind of had to bide his time behind some really talented linebackers after having a really good freshman year. Uh, is it's just one of those things where you knew he was talented, but he really showed it this past year. Um, that stop he had against Iowa with on the two point conversion, where mm-hmm. you know that was that was amazing uh, you know Nate Stanley had him by like 60 pounds and he just completely shut it down and then in the interview room afterwards was just saying that he doesn't squat as much as him um you know it's just that's that's what Chris Orr is he he is intelligent beyond belief but also very charismatic um you know I know he wants to go on and become like an athletic director I think he'd be phenomenal at that um so just his the way he carried himself on on the field as well as in the media room uh, will be missed because he was such a great character and such a great guy. Um, and I think he's going to be a, the type of player that uh, you don't doubt when it comes to the NFL because he can make a roster. He's got the talent to do that um, if he finds the right home. Um, and, and you know, whether it be through the draft or whether it's through the uh, undrafted route like his brother. Yeah, he's a, he's a player that – there, there's so many things that stick out. His leadership, we've talked about it in our, our end of season, looking ahead to next season preview with the linebackers, where, of course, his on the field is going to be missed. But also, I think the the really thing that sticks out is going to be his his on the field presence as, as a leader, uh, in the locker room as the leader. And then, of course, you know, just, just the smack talk. The guy is never one to, to shy away from making a comment, but he also goes out and backs it up on the field. But I 
I think it's hard to come up with another lasting memory other than that Chris Orr. I mean, there are there are significant plays that he made. You know, I think of that sack against Northwestern that, that he had where the guy was kind of blindsided and, and just gets smacked by Orr. I think of the uh, a few seasons ago at Nebraska, that pick six that he had. But the Iowa one was, was such a big play, such a big stand. Probably one of the – if you look at memories of this past season, that's one that really sticks out as, as a top five probably – play from the season because it was such a big moment, such a big game, uh, and, and such a big night game atmosphere at Camp Randall. So it's hard to beat that one. And you'll look at you'll look at that play for years, you know, whether it be in the, in the pregame intro at Camp Randall, that could be easily in the montage because it was such a significant moment. All right. Anything else we want to touch on uh, draft class-wise? I know we're the, some, there were some other guys that we, of course, are, are part of the draft, but we didn't have uh, really big memories of them. But anything else we want to touch on? Uh, no, that's the big thing. Uh, we just got a quick interview here after the the break with Billy Strauss. Um, but after that interview, it's just another episode here this week, and I thought this week was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was a it was a good episode to to kind of as we get into NFL draft, wrap up the careers. But yeah, guys, actually, we we do have an interview here uh, coming up with Billy Shroud. Matt actually was working on this mid uh, episode, so we have uh, breaking news that we're gonna work <laughs> work this in. Uh, we'll record our our interview and have that in for you guys after the break. So uh, we appreciate you guys always listening. Make sure to stick with us. I think this will be a really fun interview with Billy. He's a highly recruited kid. He's got some offers from uh, Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan over the last week or so. An interesting interview here as we get into uh, another week and episode of, of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, a 2022 recruit, Billy Shrouth from St. Mary Springs Football in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, uh, defensive tackle, four-star recruit. Uh, I know he's pretty versatile in his positioning. I know there's been some talk on on both the defensive line and offensive line, but on a on a heater in terms of recruiting, I saw you had a really solid week in terms of offers and stuff like that this week, Billy. So, firstly, congratulations and uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here, guys. So, Billy, my my first question is just you know you're part of uh, a very strong high school football program in St. Mary Springs. How do you think your your overall sophomore season went? Well, we ended in Camp Randall, so that's that's the goal every year. Um, you know, we set that as a goal at the beginning of the season, and we just somehow managed to get it done. And uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty special. Yeah, special is uh, one word for it because St. Mary Springs has been a perennial powerhouse in your area and in the Division Five level for a long time here, winning seven titles since 2010, um, winning the last three. What do you think is special about your high school program that sets you guys up for success? Well, we got a great staff. Um, we know we walk in every day and we know it's about to happen. We got it's just everything so organized and the, the staff just pushes us to be our best, and that, that's the recipe for success. You know, Billy, your your athletic size, you're six foot five, two sixty, and, and I know there's you've already kind of talked about position versatility with both on the offensive defensive line. So where are you where are you lining up for St. Mary's, and, and do you play any other sports? Um, yeah, I, I used to play basketball and baseball, but now I only do track. But, uh, um, yeah, I line up at D-tackle and uh, left guard. Okay, and then um, for track, what do you participate in that? I throw. Oh, okay, and 
that's something that shows up a lot of times for really talented defensive linemen and offensive linemen, uh, your ability to do that. Um, most recruiting services are projecting you as a, as a defensive lineman. Is that at the position where most colleges are recruiting you primarily for? I'm actually getting recruited at O-line for most colleges. I've actually put on probably 15 pounds and, every, and everything, so I'm like 6'5", 275 right now, so... Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of bulking out to be a O lineman, I think. So, yeah. Billy, what do you think is is maybe your best uh, straight or strength, and and then on the other hand, what are you trying to to kind of improve on as you head back into uh, another football season, hopefully this fall? Yeah, um, I would say my my biggest attribute is probably uh, uh, my aggressiveness. Yeah, I'm kind of a hard nosed football player. I just uh, I just like kicking guys. Um, and one thing I want to work on, I would say, is uh, just hand placement, getting on, uh, getting in guys' uh, chest and just being able to move them around the way I want to. Nice. Kind of speaking of recruiting, we talked about how your recruitment has kind of taken off here with recent offers from Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, um, Iowa uh, a while back, in addition to Wisconsin offer. Was, was there a moment um, when you kind of knew, like, hey, I'm actually a really talented football player? You know, I... I don't know. I I just like playing ball. I don't know. I don't really. I, yeah, I never really had one of those moments or anything. Or, but uh, yeah, I just like playing ball. <laughs> That's a good enough answer. You, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just like playing football, and apparently, a lot of people think you're pretty good at it. So yeah. that that works just the same. <laughs> um, you know, you recently received your your four star rating, um, and you've. Of course, received even you know, this past week a ton of, of interest on the recruiting front. How has that been? What's it been like just seeing how this has kind of really taken off for you so quickly in the last you know seven to ten days or so? Yeah, um, I don't know, you you work so hard since since I was twelve. I've just been like training, just been training nonstop just to be the best. And uh, I don't know, it's it's great to see some things paying off. But uh, I'm not there yet, so I'm looking forward to keep working. Yeah, that's a, that's a great attitude to kind of look at it from. Um, you know, we're obviously a Wisconsin-based website that focuses on the Badgers. Um, yep. Did you grow up a Wisconsin fan, given kind of, I mean, you're only like an hour and a half away from Madison. Yeah, uh, of course. I used to go to games with friends and everything and watch games on Saturdays, of course. But, yeah, I grew up a Badgers fan. You know, growing up a Badger fan, you know, they were your second major offer after Western Michigan. What was it like uh, when you earned that offer? What what kind of feelings did you have? Yeah, I was obviously really excited. So Coach Krista uh, walking out of my bathroom at school, and we just kind of made eye contact. And that, I don't know, that was just kind of, that was kind of <laughs> that, yeah. So I don't know, it was kind of exciting, I guess. It just kind of all happened so quickly. Yeah, it's probably a little surreal at the moment and, yeah. and everything. Yeah. But um, what specifically has impressed you about your visits to Madison and and uh, to campus? Well, all I, the coaches so far. I mean, they're all top notch guys. It's just guys that I, I don't know, I, that I can see myself playing for. Um, just high intensity. Just yeah, I would. I'd, I'd say that. That's it. Yeah. Because I haven't been on a visit to Madison yet, so I was, they just come to my. They just came to my school and. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, uh, Wisconsin, in, in terms of recruiting, generally does a great job of, of recruiting within the state. You know, I'm sure they're they're very well aware of, of what you guys do at St. Mary Springs and your program being so strong. Why do you think Wisconsin does so well, maybe uh, attracting you know players in the state and kind of keeping them within the border? Um, yeah, I think they got a great recruiting uh, recruiting coaches. I don't know. I don't know. So far, all the guys that I've met with are top notch guys. And I'm 
definitely guys that I could see myself playing for, and uh, just great guys to talk to. Have have the batters given you any indication as to as to where they kind of project you in their system at all, Billy? As for like O line, D line, like that. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah, they looking um, at you all O line? Yeah, O line. I think is what is what it's going to be. But not, you know, I I guess they just kind of want to see how my body uh, develops over the next couple of years because I still got two years left. Yeah, you definitely got a, a long while here before. Um, anything gets crazy where you've got to make up your mind or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but what are the main things you're going to be looking for when you are picking a school when, when it comes time for that? Um, well, I want, I want to go somewhere I feel comfortable. But uh, I don't know. Academics are a huge thing for me. Um, my parents have always stressed that since I was little. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go to a school that I – that I can see myself uh, being successful at. And I know football's got to come to an end at some time. I'm going to try to take football as far as I can. But uh, I, after that, i got to do something. So I want to have a backup, backup bro. <laughs> do you have any idea uh, what you may be interested in studying at the next level at all? Yeah, I think I want to study business. All right, all lastly, right. Billy, um, do you have any idea? I know it's, of, of course, a long ways away, uh, but do you have any idea when you are, are looking to make a decision, or is it just going to be something that, you know, when you it it'll it'll just kind of click and, and you'll go from there? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting out on visits and seeing all seeing all, some, all the schools and uh, meeting with coaches, but... Uh, as for a commitment or anything, I, I don't see I don't see anything coming uh, too soon. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of want to keep my options open right now. Most definitely, Matt. Any further questions for Billy? Otherwise, we'll we'll let him let him loose. <laughs> no, I just really appreciate you joining us, and uh, it was great having you on. Best of luck. Hopefully, you guys will be able to go out there and get another state title. Yeah, you said it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely, Billy. We appreciate you coming on. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another week of the show. Uh, We appreciate Billy coming on, and we'll be back with you guys to talk some NFL draft next week on Wisconsin.